0: You are listening to Night Talk, giving you depth and texture to the conversations that matter. Eleven minutes after 10 p.m. You're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Again, thank you for the honor and pleasure of your company. Really, really do appreciate it. Uh as if you were, uh as if you um, so my apologies. As if, Lancho, who's the national spokesperson of the South African Union of Students, SAUS, joins us as well as Duma Kubule, who's a financial journalist and researcher, um, as we unpack this conversation about the student uh, protest to Nesva's offices. Asiva, good evening. Thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Welcome to Night Talk. Uh,
1: Good evening, uh, Oliver, to your guests and to the rest of your listeners. Thank you very much.
0: Look, man, in great detail, can you outline for us the score of problems? that students across the country have been facing dealing with NESFAS uh, that will be inclusive of the memorandum that you guys hand over tomorrow?
1: Uh, thank you very much. Um, the, I think problem I start by clarifying that but, uh, we will not, not the union uh, that will be handing over the memorandum, uh, as SAUS, but it's a uh, uh, few SRCs uh, in their frustration uh, which have taken obviously Uh, the rights which they do have uh, to go hand over that uh, memorandum to, uh, rather, to NSPAS. Now, although we do not necessarily endorse uh, uh, the march, for reasons I'll probably outline later, uh, none of the things that are contained in that uh, memorandum are, in fact, uh, uh, misleading in any way. The reality is that all of the issues that have been raised are substantive issues. Uh, and there are legitimate issues that are facing students across the country. In fact, the frustrations that are raised by the SRC are the frustrations we have raised and we have been raising for several months now, because unfortunately, some of the issues that are being raised are issues that have been persisting since February. So unfortunately, we have some of those issues are still not being dealt with at NSFAS uh, NSF still has not been able to deal with those uh, uh, to our disappointment and obviously dismay. Uh, we are uh, uh, concluding our communiqué, which we shall send uh, after we have met as the National Executive Committee in the next upcoming few days, uh, to uh, communicate that we will send to the Minister for his intervention, because we have met several times with NSF. Uh, We've even uh, facilitated a meeting of all SFCs and NSFAS executives uh, to try and deal with some of the issues there, and unfortunately, those issues are still not being dealt with. What are some yeah. of these issues? Uh, some yeah. of the, the, these issues, one, uh, they, they, they they have to do with appeals. So there are students that have been rejected by NSFAS, in particular, uh, returning students on the basis of the fact that they would have not met the, the necessary criteria to be refunded, those students obviously had an avenue to appeal because some of them were, would have been wrongfully uh, 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 rejected or terminated, uh, and unfortunately, uh, thousands of cases are still, still have not been concluded. Uh, uh, in yeah. So that's one issue. And so that means that all those students have not been able to have a place to sleep, food to eat, or any other necessary allowance that they would have needed for their well-being for them to uh, participate in teaching and learning based on the fact that they are waiting for their appeals to be concluded. And in a few weeks' time, they are going to write their media examinations. Uh, So we've got uh, scores of the students. So that would be the first critical issue that obviously you also find in the memorandum of the The second issue would be the issue of the 60% credit. Now, what this is, is that NSFARS came up I would, uh, uh, ridiculous and uh, almost an, or uh, which we, we believe is, is more about austerity than it is about uh, due diligence, uh, a, a policy that suggests that students that are, are doing 60 uh, credits and less uh, shall only be funded for their tuition, they shall not be funded for accommodation, for food and all other necessary allowances that other students are funded for. So obviously this is, caused uh, quite the pneumonia uh, in, in, in institutions uh, uh, and for SRCs, because you've got people that are funded by the state that are on NSFAS. And now, me and you know that for you to be funded by NSFAS, you have to be poor and working class, meaning you are certified poor, in a sense that a name test has been done to certify you poor and hence to qualify for NSFAS. Therefore, these are children of the poor and the working class who are told that no. Their accommodation and their food and their meals and their stationery shall not be paid for, which is absolutely the case, as uh, the FRCs have also mentioned. So, uh, that is another issue that is a crisis. And unfortunately, these students were registered, uh, 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 and it is only upon their registration I and mean, when they are supposed to receive the allowances that they were informed that they will not be getting these allowances. And then the last issue, as it pertains to NSFAS, that is probably outstanding and quite major is the issue of the 50% tax requirement. So last year, the uh, guidelines uh, were that if you pass 50, as it has been for all the other years, uh, that if you pass 50% of your modules, you you must pass 50% or more of your modules to qualify to be funded for the following year. And many of them did. So there are those that pass 50% uh, and uh, NSFAS excluded those students in the beginning of the year. After several months of negotiations, we were able to get uh, NSFAS to renege, to, to renege on that decision. However, that decision still has not been signed off by the Minister to ensure that those students are now funded and to ensure that they are receiving their allowances. So those are uh, there uh, four critical issues. That, oh, Then there's also sort of the issue of direct payment uh, which I'll probably speak to a little bit later, but for now, I'll just say yeah. that uh, we don't necessarily uh, say, agree as, 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 as students as to what should happen and institutions as to what should happen to that. But there are SRCs that are opposing the direct payment method by NSF. So those are the issues that uh, are yeah. plaguing the students. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Give us a call if you'd like to be a part of this conversation Zero eight six triple zero two zero three two zero eight six triple zero two zero three two taking your whatsapp voice notes on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven so asiva let's go back to the first one on appeals what has been the response that applicants of appeals have gotten from Nesfas thus far what has been the rationale for why appeals processes have taken so long in
1: all honesty (coughs) And it does not seem to be a, 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 a substantive or a reasonable explanation from NSFAS. Uh, I mean, I'm yet to find out. We are yet to know. They it's, it's, they touch here, yet there's just no, there's been no tangible justification and reasonable justification as to why they have not concluded those appeals, except to say that no, they are going to conclude them. Uh, uh uh we do not know what could be the reasons why that is why they such that why they that hold up uh um uh, uh because yeah uh so some have been concluded some have not been concluded and then the other issue with the appeals is that when those that have been concluded there has not been there seems not to have been they, they, there is no uh, a coherence between the information that the institutions have and that NSFAS is providing. Now, why is that a crisis, uh, uh, Oliver? If the crisis is because currently as we speak, allowances are dispersed by institutions of higher learning based on the money that they would receive from NSFAS. So if there is an incoherence in terms of the information that the two stakeholders have, it then means that the institution is not in a position to be able to advance the necessary allowances to the students because They are not able to certify from NSFAS that the student has indeed been uh, uh, cleared. And then the NSFAS on the other side is saying, no. we are not able to conclude your case because we have not received the results that we need from the institution for us to be able to deliberate uh, 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 either on your your, your, your appeal. So just to be
0: clear, students who typically apply for an appeal are students who have been excluded and they appeal to the university, and the university has to consider their appeal. Similarly, NESFAS then subsequently has to consider their financial aid appeal. Uh, Or it would be students who did not meet the past 50% or more of all your subjects, right? Is that who, that's the category of students we're speaking about here, correct?
1: The latter, not necessarily the first, uh, because uh, they are not, these students are not excluded by their institutions. They're excluded by NSFAS, because NSFAS is saying they did not meet. Uh, uh, in fact, uh, they met 50%, but NSFAS, uh, uh, for some strange reason, they, it's another long process, but uh, they were rejecting students who had met the 50%, uh, wanting them to meet above the 50%. So, it, so it, it, they're not a, they've not been excluded in the institution. NSFAS is just saying they did not meet the funding criteria. To carry on for funding for the following year so that's the students those are the students that we are speaking about
0: yeah and typically how long is an appeal supposed to be taking what 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 did nsfa say to you initially about what the appeal process would look like
1: we in the, in the last discussions we had had with them in fact over several discussions we had agreed that hopefully by march end of march they should have concluded those appeals uh, uh, uh and we are about to uh, get into June and not all of them have been concluded uh, a large number of them have been concluded uh, in the last few weeks uh, and the month but uh, the agreement the initial agreement was that by end of March uh, we would have concluded with the issue of appeals because why we needed to conclude them was because until and unless we conclude them there are students that uh, in some sort of if you like in a sense that they are left in, in a state of limbo. Uh, they don't know uh, what will be happening. They don't have money for accommodation. they don't know uh, uh, they don't have money for food and yet they're in class. I,
0: I want you to take me on the other side of this break to the heart of the issue around uh, allowances, right? because you say there seemingly isn't consensus amongst all students about how that should be dealt with. Uh, but it does seem to be an issue that will make its way onto the memorandum. Give me a call. 86 2032 86 2032 And if you want to send me a WhatsApp voice note, it's simply 0614-104-107. 614 Let's take a quick break. Night Talk, Monday to Thursdays, 10 to midnight. You're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for your company. Really do appreciate it. Students across the country will be protesting to the offices of NESFAs, uh, handing over a memorandum, explaining their grievances. Uh, Asivet Landra, who's with me on the line, is explaining to me what some of the difficulties are that they've been experiencing with NESFAs. What has been your experience with NESFAs? I'd love to hear from you. Zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. So, Nasive, let's go to allowances. What What's the issue there?
1: Uh, the issue, uh, as, as, as it pertains to it, is with direct payments, uh, and particularly for food allowances. Now, uh, a little bit of a short, brief, historic background here. Uh, so, <clears throat> firstly, uh, so NSFAS gives uh, funds, obviously, for several things, but uh, uh, three of the major uh, things that obviously it funds is tuition, accommodation, and food, um, uh, which is uh 1,650 per student per month. Now, uh, before, or at least currently as we speak, uh, NSFAS would pay the lump sum of the of 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 the total beneficiaries in that particular institution. So, if that institution has 12,000 NSFAS beneficiaries, it would pay. Uh, that 1,650 times those 12,000 beneficiaries paid to that institution, then the institution would disperse the funds to the students using various systems some using voucher systems, some using uh, uh, the cards that belong to the service providers, uh, etc. Some, yeah, so the institutions would disperse that funding uh, based on their own systems. Now, <clears throat> yeah. and as far as I have adopted um, a, a direct payment system. Now, the background of the direct payment system is premised on a few things. The first one, you will remember the case of the student that was paid 14 million rand uh, yeah. into their account uh, uh, by IntelliMali yeah, from uh, a water system. Now, you will also remember many other incidents, like for instance, the University of Mimbobo uh, last year, I think it was around July. Uh, when the students still had not received their allowances up until then from the beginning of the year uh, because, uh, of, uh, yeah, because the institution had not yet paid them. So all of these things uh, 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 precipitated towards a state or necessitated a state that uh, NSFAS must be able to pay directly to the beneficiaries and not via uh, the, uh, the institutions because institutions use various systems and those institutions systems don't necessarily speak to each other and also it created a breeding room for corruption as we saw in the case of walter's university uh, uh, with the siphoning of that 14 million rand. uh all right and then the other thing that uh, became apparent is that institutions when they receive these lump sums of millions they hoarded them and they invested them uh, uh to uh, 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 uh for dividends uh, and returns and interest yeah and they and they will hold out as long as they can from paying the students uh, to get as much interest as they can uh uh, you're right so these are some of the challenges that were there so we obviously supported that. No, let the students receive their money directly from uh, ns one and then the other issue was that some of the students are not necessarily getting the money. They're getting a voucher system that's said to them.
0: Yeah.
1: If, so an institution could have, for instance, the institutions that had uh, deals with the local uh, pick and pays uh, or spas where those institutions are. You will see, uh, uh, you will remember, you people who live around institutions of higher learning will know or remember that sometimes the students will be waiting by the till uh, making an offer to the patrons saying, If you uh, saying, I will pay for your groceries for 1,000, can you give me cash so that the students could be able to get cash? So they were using that voucher system. So so obviously we supported that the students so that the students are able to get the money and buy the things that they need to buy with it. However, uh, obviously this has been met uh, with mixed reaction uh, from uh, various institutions. Other institutions wanting to stay with their current systems, uh, and other institutions obviously uh, open to the move, and also even other FRCs open to the move, and other FRCs that are opposed to that uh, for reasons uh, 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 that they've been able to justify based on the systems that they use in their current universities. But the consensus amongst the institutions that, for instance, will be going to NSFAS uh, uh, for the march tomorrow is that they're against the direct payment system. Uh, yeah. They want to maintain. Now, another thing that, uh, Oliver, must be very clear and not dilly-dally uh, around is that one of the reasons that there's a pushback against the direct payment system is the corruption and the looting and the, 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 the tentacles of patronage that have been in, established in institutions of higher learning uh, with these service providers and these university officials, so uh, uh, many service providers have been paying institu- in- in university officials, and including SRC leader, uh, uh, to retain those contracts of displacement. Uh, uh, so, uh, and obviously, a-, a-, a move like this uh, would uh, we would we would disturb uh, uh, those 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 um, those um, uh, deals. Uh, however, uh, last point on this, we are not oblivious to the challenges as a union now uh, to the challenges that NSFAS has faced in terms of capacity, and obviously we do have an inherent uh, fear as to the ability of NSFAS to be able to carry out this direct payment, uh, this direct payment uh, without any hassle. We are concerned to the extent to which they'll be able to do that.
0: Yeah. So, if 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 are you confident Enersus has the capacity to be able to administer direct payments?
1: That is exactly what I'm saying now. That we have our reservations uh, as a union based on the inability or the ability or rather inability that they've demonstrated uh, in other areas of the, their business. So we do Such obviously as? have concerns. For instance, I've just, we've just spoken about appeals right now, that it's right. a struggle to conclude appeals. We've just spoken about the 50%. So there have been challenges there, uh, which uh, uh, make us have some level of misgivings. However, what, is a lev- what gives us a level of comfort is that, in as far as, as uh, uh, appointed, uh, uh, I think it's four or five service providers, uh, 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 that will handle uh, uh, this direct payment. So, which means the, the the capacity will be diversified across those institutions, uh, which, uh, as in their business model, are, 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 are have the sole responsibility of dealing with disbursements. Some of them had been doing disbursements in other institutions. So, uh, they uh, they these. Uh, 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 these service providers will be the ones that will be carrying it out, will be carrying out the work on behalf of NSFAS. Uh, So we think that should assist in terms of issues of capacity. Uh, uh, So that gives us a level of comfort. Uh, But do we have total confidence? It is unfortunate that the history of NSFAS does not uh, uh, arm us to say we are 100% confident that this process is going to be executed uh, 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 seamlessly. However, unfortunately, when we weigh, uh, 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 when, when, when we make a balance uh, uh, yeah, between the the, 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 the the spin-offs or rather between the negative impact of indirect payments through institutions and we look at the threats and the risk of NSFAS and uh, uh, not getting this thing right the first time, when we look and we weigh the risk. to take We take our chances with the fact that let us attempt the direct payment method uh, uh, because we have tried the yeah. indirect payment method by institutions, and institutions have failed. Two o'clock in the morning, Oliver, we get called while we're sleeping but students are protesting in a particular institution that didn't get their allowances. And unfortunately, there's nothing we could do because institutions are protected by institutional autonomy, and they decide what they do with the funds that are within. They are Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 you understand so it was a little bit difficult for us to intervene even in those institutions because each institution they used there were twenty six institutions each institution was using a service provider of its choice and they were using a system of its choice and they were using a date of their choice. There was no consistent date that we knew that on a particular date all beneficiaries are received and that caused a lot of problems for us mm-hmm.
0: uh- Importantly then, um, when you guys hand over the memorandum, you're hoping that was reads it and that they discuss it and something happens. But ultimately, it seems like the real power broker here lies within the Department of Higher Education and Training, right? Specifically with the minister. Have you had an opportunity to have an engagement with the minister on these set of issues thus far? Uh,
1: number one, once again, let me clarify to the listeners, we are not the ones that are handing over the memorandum tomorrow. It's a few SRCs that uh, are obviously plagued by these issues. Uh, Number two, you are absolutely correct. Uh, It is, in fact, fact you are partly correct. It is unfortunate that that the department might be viewed as a power broker, when in actual fact, these institutions of higher learning and NSFAS are all under the treaty the direct supervision of the department. In fact, the department should be the one Is the one that should be taking the accountability and dealing with these issues and in all honesty Oliver unfortunately there's been no sense of ability on the level of the department to coordinate the sector because these are public institutions led by the department under the direction of the leadership of the department and as far as an entity of the department these are not private entities so the department if had there been a level of decisive leadership at the level of the department, we should not be seeing the scattered uh, and this incoherence in the sector because none of these players which I've mentioned are outside the leadership of the department. So you are, you are correct to that extent to say that actually the minister and the department should be intervening in these issues because ultimately the buck stops with them because they, all these institutions under the treaty, and this department.
0: Yeah, look, I'll tell you this, Asive. I, I, I will see the minister tomorrow morning, um, very early. Um, I'll likely have a conversation with the minister tomorrow morning, very early. What's the one question you want him to answer?
1: Uh, I think it's not a question, only it's a plea uh, that you must remember that uh, uh, unless he he takes, he becomes decisive in coordinating and leading the sector, it is a guarantee that in the next 8 to 10 months, the sector is going to completely implode. I don't make this, as this is not fear-mongering. As I am speaking with you, we have at least about four or five institutions that are in a complete disarray. There is infighting, and there is chaos at UNISA, there is infighting and chaos at Bosch. there is a serious uh, killings that are happening in 410, corruption. So there are many issues, there's UCT that is imploding. The, what you must tell the minister is that there is NSFAS right now. You know, it is unfortunate that the FRCs are going to drive some of them all the way. They are going to drive students, uh, put them on buses all the way from limpopo from then and take them to Cape Town because the minister has not been able to decide to immediately and decisively deal with these issues. What could happen to those students on the road? Uh, we can only hope and pray that they don't even get into accidents, because if any of them dies, it will be squarely on the feet of the minister, because this, there is not a single thing, Oliver, that is on that memorandum that you did not tell the minister already back in February about. Not a single thing. Yeah. So if you have anything, if you tell the minister anything, is that for as long, unless it takes a decisive role and leads the sector and coordinates it, in the next 10 to uh, 10 months, we can be sure that this sector would have imploded and it will be very difficult to get it back uh, 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 in, in, in order. Right now, the sector is at its weakest it has ever been. And the minister has a responsibility to coordinate it. So it's a plea to him more than it's a question. We can't ask him anything because there's nothing that uh, uh, needs to He knows yeah. what is happening. We know what is happening. He just needs to act within the confines of the the powers that the Constitution has given him to lead the sector.
0: Yeah. Asifio, thank you so much for your time this evening. I really, really do appreciate it. Thanks, Oliva. Sivet Landra, who is with SAUS, uh, joined us over there. What are your thoughts on that? Really, really would love to hear from you. 086-000-2032. 086-000-2032. You can send me a WhatsApp voice on 0614-104-107. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side of this, we continue the show.